This is exactly right. Hello. We want to take a second to tell you about one of our favorite podcasts, Disgraceland. If you like music, pop culture, and true crime, this is the podcast for you. Through host Jake Brennan's deeply researched storytelling, you'll hear all about the lives and crimes of musicians like Jerry Lee Lewis, Jay-Z, The Rolling Stones, and so many more. And now Disgraceland is expanding to include artists, actors, athletes, and other icons from Anthony Bourdain to Andy Warhol. Full episodes are released every Tuesday. Check out Disgraceland on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen. Goodbye. Hi, Georgia. Hi. So nice to see you. Nice to see you, Karen. (laughs) Love your green top. Thank you. This is my one of two blouses. There's color. I like the color. I just decided to go with some color. It's bright. It shocks people. It brings things out of you. It brings... I For about four minutes ago, I had fake eyelashes on. Oh, my God. But... And yet... Then the rest of me is dressed like I've been in bed for four days. (laughs) It's a great combination. Well... I have something to tell you. Okay. I mean, it's not a big deal. But as of today, Mimi is on Prozac. What? My cat. Yeah. (laughs) Am I the most Los Angeles person you've ever met in your fucking life? My cat and I are on pharmaceutical for depression and anxiety. Wait, why is Mimi on Prozac? She's so chill. She's a grumpy bitch and she's unhappy. Listen, Who, where did you get the Prozac? My therapist. You're no, not. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I took her to the vet and I was like, look, she's just hiding in a box of my favorite murder merch all day. Oh, people love that. <laughs> they, we should make them pay extra for right. For Mimi, for her. Uh, yeah. So, I'd be so pissed if I ordered some a new shirt <laughs> and it'd be like, I have all my own animal hair. I don't need this. Um, so as you can tell, this is the spooky episode of my favorite murder. <laughs> we start out with the cr- creepiest thing of all a cat on Prozac everyone who's not from Los Angeles is like what the fuck is wrong with these people that's hilarious um oh yeah so this is our special Halloween episode yeah where because our normal show is not scary at all (laughs) uh or creepy or a huge bummer so we figured we'd go a little ghosty for you on this one and we asked you guys to write us your personal real we begged you to make them true yeah and we 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 read for truth authenticity is that what it's we read for authenticity to make sure you guys weren't lying liars who lied that's right and steven steven a lot of people don't know this but in his mustache there is a lie detector (laughs) So he will sniff that shit out the second Literally sniff he it out. clicks that email open. He'll be like, uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. no way. Steven's mustache keeping you honest. My since... mustache is tingling. There's lies in this email. <laughs> since 1985. I don't know when he was born. I'm guessing it's 1985. I bet it was in the late 80s. 87. Damn yeah. It. I wasn't specific. Okay. I can't. I'm pretending to be that I won that somehow and I didn't. You did. I'm not, I just try too hard sometimes. Um... <laughs> By guessing a year, bombed out. I'm gonna go. Don't hey, take a Prozac real quick. Take one. Take one of Mimi's Prozacs. We're fine. Um, 
But I'm going to say, I'm going to give a quick reminder. We have Uh European tour dates that will be available this Friday. So if you live in any of these foreign cities, they won't be foreign to you. (laughs) Dublin, Ireland, Oslo, Norway, Stockholm, Sweden, London, England, Manchester, England, I believe is how they pronounce it, or uh, Amsterdam, the Netherlands. Um, You guys in those cities... Your tickets go on sale this Friday, October 27th, which is tomorrow. Um, so if you want to come and see us all weirded out in a foreign country and talking about our passports and stuff, please buy your tickets on Friday. We'd the, love to see you. It's the only way you're going to hear us talk about our passports. Yeah. That's not true. That we're very secretive about our passports normally <laughs> because they're government documents. Yeah. We don't fuck around with government documents. No way. We're very serious when we go through um, customs. Yeah. We're respectful. I take our... my glasses off. Mm-hmm. I get nervous mm-hmm. and my upper lip sweats. And then they're like, we know you have drugs on you. You take like, off your fake mustache. That's right. And, and then you beard. peel off your Mission Impossible mask. Right. And we're like, it's me. It's me again. It's me. Hey. Hey, it's me, Karen. Let me into your country, GD it. GD it. <laughs> Sorry, I'm a little whippy. Came from work. I'm in the final stages of coming from work on this podcast. <laughs> it's only last night. George and I had dinner. Stephen, this you'll think this is funny. And the one of the people at dinner was like, "How long have you been doing this podcast?" And I was like, "Almost a year." George is like, "Almost two years." I was like, "What?" <laughs> that blew my mind. I know. Mine too. I think I asked you as a question. I wasn't like, two years, Karen. No, it was like, almost two years. Wait, it must be two years. That can't be right. Yeah. Man. Crazy. It's gone so fast. It's been so fun. That's a million years in podcast years, I think. Yeah, two years. Mm-hmm. For real. You know what I mean? Like, this is the fucking infancy of podcasting. And so that means two years is a long time. So this is a dog year situation. Is that uh-huh. what you're saying? Got it. So this is like our 17th year. Ugh, you know, Coming up on Yes Do you know what we need to talk about What? The thing that I And everyone wants to talk about This oh. Mind cunter <laughs> <laughs> that, Did I say it right? Yeah That's pr- how you pronounce that's it That's how you pronounce yeah. it <laughs> Great So let's talk about it So you're a no? I'm not an, I am on like episode five And I must I must sometimes Okay I I don't I don't I must sometimes I don't want to talk shit on it because I fucking like it. It's yes. really cool and exciting. Um, but the, and I, but it's, but I'm a sometimes. Well, there's so much buildup and I'm sure right. I had a lot to do with that because <laughs> there's no way I wasn't going to love this series. Yeah. I just, I, I, I permanently loved it before I ever laid my eyes on it. Yeah. Um, and there were, it did, of course, because all pilots start yeah. slow and are difficult. Um, but I, this I loved it and I like I I love his directing yeah. and I love whoever art directs for David Fincher there's like things like that I love it's just like scene by scene that it's the interpersonal relationships of certain characters that I don't give a shit about like right. I love when they're actually interviewing the criminals yeah and there's other like Ed, the guy who played Ed Kemper needs all the awards I I in my mind I start going like how did you cast this role Dude. because you have to get a guy that's like we need people that they have to be over six six like yeah. they have to be really giant but they also then have to be great actors yeah. how many 
it's not like you know LA is full of those people so right. I'm like this guy I bet you they found this guy in like the Canadian outback <laughs> he's probably really a serial killer <laughs> he's that's his jail he's actually in yeah they were like this he's just good we he's, have to hire him listen I know it's weird um but worse so things good. happen in Hollywood yeah. <laughs> wait like what every day oh you've read the articles <clears throat> but I yes Ed Kemper like for me I was like I'm in whatever is happening here and whatever they're trying to develop because I could feel that thing of there it was it's you know a period piece basically it's yeah. like starts in the late 70s all that this those old cars <gasps> man I was thinking oh. the same thing when they would kind of come around a corner and there would just be streets lined with old cars mm. and all different you know they looked so real I just I don't know it's I go real. way into the detail but then I also love that actor so the lead actor I love He's like a I mean He's from a million things But he's also like A Broadway he, star He's a little sweet baby angel And beautiful And yeah And kind of had the perfect Like um, you, That's not how you picture An FBI right. Like some hard-nosed But he c- also smoking. reminds me Of Dennis From It's Always Sunny In Philadelphia <laughs> So much that I keep Thinking it's a joke <laughs> <laughs> That it's gonna be Like a sketch Yeah That like he actually is a horrible person yeah i don't know yes it's it's very it's jarring to me i mean i'm gonna keep watching of course keep watching i binged it um when i think it was when we were going we were leaving for the anaheim leg of the tour i like to call our weekends legs Legs. of tours because that's how you know rock stars talk about it um but i bit my friend Molly was like, oh, it's on right now because they put it up at midnight on right. Netflix. And I was like, what? So it, I started watching it at 1 a.m. the night before we oh left for that weekend. Because oh I was like, I, and I got, I think I got through the first five and then, you know, we had to leave. Yeah. And then I came back at the end, which was so satisfying. Well, um, I, speaking of legs of tours, we're going to Tampa next yes. weekend yes. where there's an active fucking serial killer <laughs> shooting people. You sent me that. Vince sent Vince me that sent article. Uh, yeah, it's intense. What That's do we intense. Do? And we're going to solve it. We just have to. <laughs> it's our job now. I'm scared. This is how we, we develop this podcast now. into the next level. Some people are like, will you do a talk show? Would you do a full feature length film? Yes. No, you know what we're going to do? We'll do those. We're going to join the Tampa PD. <laughs> It's going to take about six months. Miami Dade, here we fucking come. <laughs> get ready. We want one of those pontoon boats. Man. We want to get out on a boat and we want to solve swamp crime. Yeah, swamp crime. Right? Yes. And yes. like cargo shorts. And we eat fried alligator and yes. nothing else. By the way, Madison, Wisconsin, thank you for oh. your fucking fried cheese curds. And Minneapolis was no slouch on Dude. the dairy products either. <laughs> we were... It, the funniest thing is, so I I had to go back to... We're taping the next round of Talk Show, the Game Show right now. And the week before, I was like, I'm going to start eating clean. Anyway. Lose that like water, salt weight that, that I've been accumulating uh-huh. over the past year. Like, it's my job. And so I was like, I'm just going to turn it around, blah, blah, blah. Well, then we we traveled to Minneapolis yep. and, and Madison, Wisconsin, where it was as if... My only option was to eat fried totally. cheese everywhere I went. Well, it was. And we had so much fun because we would just go to a place and then be like, well, I guess we have to get the pretzel. Yeah. And we have to try the fried cheese. We have cheese to try curd. it. It's the local thing. But then we also need wings because we need something familiar. Yeah. It was <laughs> we need protein. Oh, no. <laughs> that well, The one night we were, um, we went to dinner with Mich- hilarious comedian Michelle Balloon and her sister, Joanna. And, um, 
we had so many dishes on the table. Yeah. It was hilarious. It, uh, nachos? Nachos. Oh, uh, chili cheese fries. Yes. Oh, God. It was, I, I mean, feel disgusting. It was almost like we it. were being sarcastic about <laughs> with bad eating. Uh, but anyway, thank you guys so much yeah. in both Minneapolis and Madison. It was the best. We had so much fun. We had a great time. And I'm, I, uh, cheese is a drug. I said it at the live show mm-hmm. and I was high on cheese all Me weekend too. long. Beautiful thing. It was so fun. All right. So <laughs> then we just go to sleep <laughs> right now. Yeah. <laughs> hey, good night. Good night. It's a drug. Remember cheese. Mm-hmm. Good night. Good night. I love it. That's like as if we couldn't eat it here. I know. That's what I always do with when I go to a restaurant. And there's a mac and cheese on the menu. And I was like, oh, mac and cheese. You I better try it. To order it. Yeah. You absolutely don't have to. But what if there's lobster in it? Oh, you don't. Then like I would lobster. throw the dish on the ground. <laughs> But what if there's? But what if they made it with truffle oil? Let's say there's truffle oil in it. Let's say there's a breadcrumb toasted on top. Absolutely. Or the magic um, ingredient when we were in, I think Minneapolis. Remember the what? Or was it Madison? Backstage there was oh. mac and cheese. <laughs> it was just a, a chunk of a hunk of like, like a square of cheese in the middle on top, just yes. to be like cheese <laughs> and cheese. It's cheese flavored mac and cheese. It's topped with cheese. <laughs> Thank you. It looked like someone cut a triangle a off a block. Yeah. yeah, and then just stuck in the middle of the mac and cheese, <laughs> just in case you girls need some more cheese. Yeah, and we do. Um, speaking of cheese. Speaking of cheese, it's Halloween. It's everybody. Halloween. How did you know I was going to do that? I know your transitions. It's been almost two years. Shockingly. Oh, now you know. Now you remember our anniversary. <laughs> I'm like, at, at the table, it's just like, mm, I think it's been eight months. You need to check your calendar. I think so, too. I think we should go with that. It's more fun. I mean... Two years. Jesus, what are we doing with our lives? I, okay. We're having a real good time. Um, well, Halloween is when we started hanging out two years ago. That's Holy fucking shit. right. Nice one. Yes. Halloween t- two years ago is when the podcast was born. It was in utero. That's right. That's when we planted the seed. Mm-hmm. That's we, when we did it with our personalities. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's when we actually boned. And then, that's, you know, you don't get pregnant for like two or three days, right? That's like, right. So it could take a while. Yeah. So we, and that's when you were like, the inception moment was Georgia texting i can't remember or calling me and then being like let's just do a podcast let's, let's just do, do it a podcast yeah and i was like well okay if you make it really easy for me yeah then i will and you're like i will let's have a baby together we'll name a podcast <laughs> we'll love her and caretake her yeah sometimes we'll shit all over her that's right which is just a human thing so that's, shit on that's your baby. parenting shitting you, on your baby we'll shit about the baby right. how's that right yeah um what are you gonna be for halloween this year no. Oh, me? Yeah. I'm going to be on my couch. <laughs> <laughs> what I am every year, on my couch. Good. No, I actually, uh, my, our friend has a party that everybody goes to that's a ridiculous, humongous, mm-hmm. our friend Scotty. And he said, I promised him that if we were in town on the day he has it, that I will go. Because I always say I will. Remember the year that I was supposed to go, I dropped my phone in the pool? (laughs) (laughs) And then I couldn't tell you that I wasn't going. But it was so boozy. I think you would have lost your mind anyways. Yeah. It's just like grown up alcohol, like grown up drunk kid party. Yeah. But fun. So, I mean, just kind of legendary. But also, I think I should do the thing of the old people going early. Who cares about this topic for real? But 
I also let's go early. I'll go early with you. you I let's go, go early, early, and then also because the parking is so crazy in that yeah. neighborhood. <laughs> Look how old we are. I mean. And I, these kids are so loud and they take marijuana. Oh, they're so loud and they take marijuana. <laughs> they will take marijuana right next to you. And then how could you even see what anyone's dressed as? It's too dark. <laughs> and your vision's gone because you're high on marijuana. <laughs> if you're like me, you're always looking for a story to dive into. Whether it's a family drama or a mystery to solve, the key to getting hooked is the details. I need rich visuals and intricate storylines. And June's journey has that and more. June's Journey is a mobile mystery game that follows June Parker, a daring young woman, on a quest to uncover the truth about her sister's murder. This is your chance to test your detective skills because you'll play the game as June herself. Explore beautifully designed scenes from the 1920s, like lavish estates and gardens, and don't forget to keep an eye out for hidden clues. There are twists, turns, and catchy tunes, all leading you deeper into the thrilling storyline. And if you play well enough, you could make it to the detective club. There, you'll chat with other players and compete with or against them. June needs your help, but watch out, you never know which character might be a villain. Shocking family secrets will be revealed, but will you crack the case? Find out as you escape this world and dive into June's world of mystery, murder, and romance. It's all just one tap away. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. That's June's Journey. Download the game for free on iOS and Android. Goodbye. Georgia, have you ever been blown away by the most simple dish at a restaurant? Like perfectly scrambled eggs? Oh my God, yes, Karen. And then all I want to do is make that dish at home and eat it every day. Well, you probably could as long as you have the chef's secret ingredient, Made In Cookware. Made In was created to bring restaurant quality performance kitchenware to home chefs around the world. For years, they've built their business by supplying restaurants and top chefs with high-end cookware. Some of Tom Colicchio's most treasured dishes at his restaurant craft are made in Made In. Whether you're cooking for professional critics or just the critics you live with, your meals will benefit from the quality of Made In products. Like their carbon steel cookware, it combines the best of both cast iron and stainless steel clad, so it's rugged enough for grills or an open flame. It's the MVP of summer cookouts and cook-ins. What I really love about made-in cookware is that it actually makes something like having a Memorial Day barbecue much more convenient because you can keep everything on the grill if you need to throw, say, a pan of garlic up on the top while you're grilling your steaks on the bottom. It's strong enough, durable enough to do that. If you want to take your cooking to the next level, remember what so many great dishes have in common. They're all made-in, made-in. Save up to 25% this Memorial Day from May 18th through May 27th when you visit madeincookware.com. That's M-A-D-E-I-N cookware.com. Goodbye. Okay, let's tell some spooky stories. Okay, let's cut all of that out. <laughs> let's get the past 20 minutes out, Stephen. And let's tell each other. We asked you guys to send us in scary stories and you guys interpreted that how you will. Yep. Stephen's must, lying mustache of justice yeah. sorted those out. And here they are. Yes. Go, Karen. Okay. I'm going to read this one first. Um, the subject line is, I'm glad she didn't look us in the eye. <gasps> Hi. Hey, all. Sociopath. <laughs> my story is from a couple years ago. My niece, two years old at the time, was standing on top of my desk, pulling books out from the attached bookshelf one by one. Cool. I stood behind her, ensuring she didn't fall to her death should she trip on a Nancy Drew and stumble. I spent 
so much of my life standing behind Nora, letting her do what she wanted and just being there. <laughs> and then it just, it's such a weird feeling of like, oh, I wonder how many people did this for me when Aww, I thought I was out by myself, yeah. like doing stuff. And there was just an adult there waiting to catch you. Or or not. Or, or that should have been there. Yes. And then wasn't. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> There's so many options. Everything. Okay, so I stood behind her, uh, said that to our left is a bedroom door, which goes into a hallway that leads to the kitchen to the right and the garage to the left, kind of like a three-way intersection. Uh, We were in there for a little while, her pulling books, me estimating how long it would take to clean up when it happened. From my peripheral vision, I saw my great aunt slowly start to pass by the door frame. I could see the red robe she wore all the time, her short, curly, dark hair, and her ever-present bright red Taylor Swift lipstick. Oh my god. <laughs> my great aunt died four years before that day. <gasps> when she vanished from the door frame, I scooped up my niece, who had s- stared unblinkingly at her the whole time. <gasps> So the baby saw it too. Oh my God. And followed. But when I turned into the hallway, nothing was there. She was 100% real. We both saw her. What the fuck? But no matter how many times I've told the story, absolutely no one believes me. I'm into weird stuff. I believe the Loch Ness monster is real. Me too, girl. No. Yes. Yes. How? Because, because, first of all, okay, don't make me get mad at you, Georgia. Well, I think aliens are real. Let's go. Ready? Go. <laughs> no, I don't like those. Um, I think the lock. Stephen, are you with me on this? Oh, I'm totally. Okay. You guys. Because listen, and it, this might be your theory too. Um, we don't know what's in the ocean at all. It's not the ocean. It's a lake. But lakes are connected to the ocean in a subterranean <laughs> underground tunnels. And they could be living down in caves and places that we have. We don't know are down there because no one's ever fucking explored. I agree. 99% of the ocean. I agree with all of the, all of that. The ocean is fucking amazing and monsters are among them. The Loch Ness monster specifically was made up by a dude. And you, staged. okay. But that's a and cynical punk rock on his deathbed. That's not true. It's not punk rock. <laughs> it has nothing to do with the dead Kennedys right now. You're trying to be punk rock about the Loch Ness monster, no, and I not. resent it. <laughs> why am I being? Why is my musical taste being brought into this argument? Uh, because you're just—you have to believe. <laughs> you have to. It is the best idea that's that something that's a holdover from 50 million years ago is like, oh, but I was hiding around the corner. <laughs> Nobody killed me off. That when that when that meteor hit, I was just chilling, oh. and I saved all this algae. I don't know. I just want to believe in <laughs> okay. it. Really same bad. Same. Well, they they found a supposedly extinct coelacanth fish, like that had been dead for millions of years, and they found it like twenty years ago, and it's yes. just been hiding out under Madagascar for millions. Okay, of believe years. in cedar carfish or whatever, but the Loch Ness <laughs> monster it, specifically. You know, I believe in dinosaurs. Listen, I don't think he wears that little tam o shanter. Okay, so that I agree with you is ridiculous. No, he doesn't have. He doesn't wear a kilt. And no, that would be crazy. He's a fish. He can't wear a skirt. <laughs> okay, let's let's put a pin in this. I have a and say you're wrong and come back to it when. That Loch Ness monster corpse washes up finally. I will 100. percent I'll go on record right now. I'll tell you you're wrong. No, <laughs> I will not admit that I ever said any of this. 100, percent Karen. We have a recording. 
No, never. That never happened. How do you believe the recording? That's <laughs> I've al- double recorded that's this. Fucking aliens. I'm taking a picture of this recording. Okay. <laughs> okay go. We've totally lost our place. They saw okay. the ant. Oh my god, I was scared. That's right. I was scared. I forgot. Guys, we're super scared. Remember the old lady with the lipstick that passed by? We believe her. I a believe baby her. saw it. Baby a baby watching a ghost is the scare is that you're seeing too. That's your proof. Is this, down and down. Yeah, because like humans have all these things that are like get in the way of them able to see these yep. spiritual things and baby's just like, What a ghost. Okay, whatever. Why would that baby look away from the greatest game in the world, pull books <laughs> off a shelf? <laughs> it wouldn't. You still play that game. And I love it. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> We're okay. gonna get through one story on this. <laughs> I love these ones. <laughs> we just it's all digressions. Yeah. Okay. Um she says it was the most surreal thing that has ever happened to me and I remember the moment clearer than anything else I've ever experienced. Wow. Uh looking back on it though, I remember she walked with her head down staring at the floor ahead of her and never turned to make eye contact with either of us, almost like she didn't see us. Mm-hmm. At the time this confused me, but now that I've had time to think about it, she looked miserable Aww. and I'm really grateful she didn't make eye contact with me. I have no reason to think this, but it can't be a good omen to make eye contact with a dead person. <gasps> Yeah, Ooh, that makes sense. That's good logic. I don't want to ever make eye contact with a dead person. I'm going to say that on this podcast. Yeah, I know I it's think... controversial. <laughs> a stance. Yep. Again, punk rock. Punk rock. Again. <laughs> well, ravey, kind of. <laughs> um, it's <laughs> All my bad musical taste is getting <laughs> thrown. You and your big pants? Yeah. Have you ever posted that picture of you with those big pants and the choker on? Which one? It's the one that looks like it's the cameras on the ground. Like, it's almost yeah. all pants. You look like a pants model. You know that one? I think so. You have to post it. Okay. That you're so like 1994 I in know, it. I know. Um, I will. Um, we're still not done say. with this email. <laughs> Go on. Uh, pants model. Pants model. I don't know what it was or what it meant, but I hope she found peace mm. even if she hasn't. If she hasn't already. Anyway, that's my ghost story. Love you guys. Even Steven F. Oh, even Steven. (laughs) I thought they were saying it like the saying. Like we're even now. We're even Steven. Love you, even Steven. (laughs) That's a given. People always love Steven. Yeah. Um, that was genuinely and legit creepy. I love the idea of like seeing a being walk by. It's not like I saw this thing out of the corner of my eye, or like I would come into the kitchen and all the drawers were open because that's the fucking scariest thing in the world right yes, like nothing yes. is scarier than all the whatever that's being open yes or like all the things taken out of this thing and placed on top of this thing <gasps> in in those like um conjuring movies when they do that when it's like someone steps out of the kitchen when they go back all the chairs are in a pile the sixth sense Ugh. in that scene yes when the mom comes back into the kitchen and everything's just piled up yeah murder the best run yeah running goodbye you, you you wish you could run but you have to stay all right Let's do the big hairy man. Okay. You love those. This is a love story, not a ghost story. (laughs) (laughs) About how I love hairy men. Mm Mm-hmm. Hi, Karen, Georgia, Stephen, and all our favorite furry babies. (laughs) I finally decided to write to you after seeing your request for scary, spooky stories. Till this day, my mother still thinks I'm crazy. When I was around... Uh, the age of five, I had a bunk bed. I'm a side sleeper, and if I laid on my right side, I could see my doorway. Being five, I had the worst 
being five, the worst thing in the world would be sleeping in a room with a closed door. I had to have my door open. Ditto. Yeah. For about six months, often I would wake up in the middle of the night. I'm not sure what time, but all the lights would be out and everyone would be sleeping. In my doorway, I would see a figure. It was a, it was large enough to fill the entire space. You could see the outline of what I would describe as hair and red eyes. There would be heavy rhythmic breathing. <clears throat> what I would sometimes wonder if it was the sound of my father sleeping across the hall when I uh, when I would think about this later in life, I would be terrified. I didn't want to, him to know I was awake, so I'd pretend to be sleeping and casually roll over. Well, little me thought it was casual. <laughs> I would eventually fall asleep. I would tell my mother about him, and she would dismiss him as a figment of my imagination. Finally, after one night, I said to myself, when he comes back, I'm going to jump off the bed, kick him between the legs, and run across the hall to my parents' room. <laughs> he never came back. Years later, in grade nine, what's up, Canada? <laughs> I was at a sleepover with some friends of mine. We were all telling stories, and I began to talk about the big hairy man. One of the girls finished describing him. <gasps> I was floored. She told me to speak to our friend Blake. I saw him in the hall at school that following Monday. All I said to him was, big hairy man with glowing red eyes. His eyes started to tear up. How do you know that? He said. Oh. I said, I saw him too. He proceeded to tell me the... Uh, the big hairy man would sit at the end of his bed watching him. He says they spoke, but he doesn't remember what they said. Two years later, summer school, uh, I'm talking to this chick. He would stand at the end of her bed and watch her. About a year after that, at a party at my friend's house where I was crashing for the night, I was sharing a bed with my friend Peter. Laying in the dark, I was telling him the story. He said, if you could see me right now, I have tears in my eyes. He used to stand outside my window at night. Finally, about five years ago, talking to a girl I worked with, he would stand at the end of her bed, too. None of us have any childhood connections. None of us went to the same elementary school and only met in high school or after. None of us could find a connection. Now when my husband goes away for the weekend with the kids, all doors are fucking closed, including closets, just in case. After telling my mother all the sightings, the woman still thinks I'm crazy. Stay sexy and close your bedroom door before you sleep tonight. Kelly. Now... That's super creepy. Did I ever tell you my story about seeing something weird? No. When I was a kid, like five, five years old, and I was sleeping in a bunk bed at night, and we had like you could at the end of the bunk bed was um, a mirrored closet, like the, the moving doors kind. Yep. And I was laying there late at night. Everyone was sleeping, and I saw the, the closet door open on its own, <gasps> like a foot just like pushed open on its own and I freaked the fuck out and ran into my parents room and that's it and you don't know what oh I swear I remember it happening like I don't think that was a figment of my imagination because it actually fucking opened yes and you were awake I was awake and it opened that's super creepy and I had to like get all of my fucking courage to run because I had to run past the the closet door i mean that those moments of like when you are really young you running uh kelly right uh-huh. kelly turning over yeah. turning your back to oh. like basically a monster in the doorway like how, even those moments of like being brave as a little kid are so huge yeah your adrenaline's just pumping it's so i mean that's so scary yeah. okay let's see sorry i fucked up these pages wedding dress ghost <laughs> Hi, Karen, Georgia, Stephen, Elvis, Mimi. I grew up in an old coal house off the railroad in old Minneapolis. Perfect start. I was in a rundown area of the city. It was in a rundown area of the city as though 
as though a designer had just said rust was their vision. (laughs) Anyway, the house was haunted. The trouble began when my parents bought the house before I was born. My mother found a wedding dress in the attic. Originally belonging to the old woman who died in the house. Apparently, her husband had left her years before and she died alone. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. And then I just start crying. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, um, the, that's it. And then thanks for listening. The end. Isn't that the scariest idea in the world? <laughs> Dying alone. Happy Halloween. Um, Mom liked the dress. And since she was going to get married, she decided to use this dress Aww. to save money. Aww. Lady, lady. You don't like it? <laughs> the dead lady's attic dress? Well, if she didn't want someone else to use it, she should have burned it in the backyard <laughs> like a normal person. You know. Oh, you know how you do right after you get married. God. This dress is actually, when she goes to put it on, it's just all made of moths, interconnected moths <gasps> touching each other. And they go fly away the moment it's on. <sighs> and then a- she disappears too into moths. Yes. <gasps> but then they're in a moth, a moth pod up in the ceiling. Yeah, Uh-oh. and you, and the daughter comes in, mom, and she goes, "Mommy, help me, honey," from far away in a fan. Okay. <laughs> to my to say my parents' marriage was rough would be an understatement. It's because of the dress. They fought a lot, but the energy of the house was a darker variety. When I was young, I would hear someone calling my name. Mm. Ooh. Uh, when I'd investigate, no one had called for me. I'd see slithering shadows out of the corner of my eyes. I get that all the time. I always, <laughs> you my, might be having a seizure, honey. Go I'm get making, checked out. I have floaters. There's all kinds of real... Get your eyes checked, everybody. <laughs> um, but when I turned to look, the shadows were gone. My mom noticed this, and she was disturbed. But my dad dismissed it as nothing, a la The Shining. Which is spelled the shinning. Uh, <laughs> even my dog would not go upstairs at night, cowering whenever anyone tried to bring him near the room and preferring to stay outside. That's the creepiest part to me. That's so not like, dogs. Fuck no. Yeah, dogs are like, I'm good out here. Yeah, I'm going to go shiver in the yard where you should have burned that fucking wedding dress, bro. <laughs> I'm going to go shiver in what should have been the wedding dress pit. Yeah, it's way safer out in the burning area. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Things came to a head when I was taking a bath. No. Oh, oh, you mean the skeleton hand that came up through the bubble? <laughs> no, no, no. Wait, let, I'll read. This is what it actually says. Okay. I was alone in the bathroom and I felt someone touch my back. No, no. I was too scared to turn around. Oh, no. And soon my mother came in and I rushed to her crying. Um, my parents' marriage fell apart and eventually they divorced and sold the place. Since then, they've become best friends. Aww. Oh, no. I, I never felt that dark presence again and though i've waned in my belief in the supernatural i still get chills as an adult when thinking back the dress was lost in a move oh god it's in a box in someone else's fucking attic now it's in goodwill this is part two it's it's the scariest goodwill in town um uh the dress was lost in a move but seeing so many b movies in my life i'm sure it'll come around for a sequel sooner or later i swear i didn't read that ahead um stay sexy don't get murdered gratefully and sincerely alan oh my god that's awesome scary i mean you he had me at a wedding dress in the attic oh my god totally that's terrifying okay that this that the other (laughs) this one we did okay you ready for ghost uncle gets his way Uh uh-oh all right my great uncle jack died when i was really young 
He was always really kind, but also deviously sarcastic kind of guy. He was diagnosed with lung cancer and lived for several years with it, thanks to chemo. As he grew older and weaker, my great aunt, Roxanne, had a stand-up shower installed in their bathroom, so he wouldn't have to step over the tub with the traditional bath. He hated that shower. He was in complete denial about being weak, and he thought the glass see-through door was ugly and tacky. Hey, fucking man. Uh, <laughs> he constantly asked her if they could go back to the traditional bath. Oh. On the day of his funeral, Roxanne was in the bathroom at the sink, taking a breather from the reception, and out of the corner of her eye, she saw a figure moving towards the shower. Just in time, she turned to look at the shower, and the glass door freaking exploded. <gasps> The glass out of nowhere shattered. Yes. Needless to say, she went back to a normal tub after that. <laughs> that sarcastic, hilarious dude got his way from beyond the grave. SSDGM Patrick. Oh my God. <laughs> I love when like physical things happen. Yes. That's, yes. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Oh, Patrick. That reminds, no, that just makes me think after my mom died, I think I told you the story, but our good friend Ellen Ellen Slater, her father was sick. And this mm-hmm. was say like oh, yeah, yeah. a couple months after my mom died. And um she went to she uh like he had been sick for a while or whatever. Uh-huh. She went to bed one night and she dreamed that my mom came to her and was like, You need to get your shit together, you need to get ready because <gasps> your dad's gonna die. And she woke up the next day and he had died. Oh my the same night? Yeah, I get, yeah. What the fuck? Mm-hmm. I, I totally believe in that stuff. I do too. I mean, how, the night my mom's dad died. So my mom, like a couple of years before I was born, his name was George. So I'm Georgia. Um, she was in New York visiting her sister and they were all out. My family's from LA and out of the window, like third story window, my mom hears her dad yell her name janet she rushes to the window opens it up nobody's out there that night at that moment he died <gasps> oh. in bed asleep, asleep at home yes. in la i totally believe in those yeah I those too. Uh, those are real like she the way she tells it to me you know i 100 percent believe her i love it yeah. well yeah i mean that's it was a real experience yeah and also i think like when you're on this planet and you have connections with people and you're and you leave mm-hmm. like there's whatever it is a burst of energy whatever it is yeah. there's some you know electric there's like electricity in the air it's like radio waves but ghosts. radio waves but ghost waves it's people people radio people radio <laughs> plus am um <laughs> oh, not am frequency <laughs> coming at you ready for victorian ghost woman always Hey there, Karen, Georgia, Stephen, and Katz. My mom and I moved into a new apartment that was built in the late 1800s, so it is a lot, lots of history to it. Well, after long days of moving, my mom fell asleep on the chase. Oh, well, well. The chaise, you mean? Blue Bloods. Emails from Blue Bloods. (laughs) The chaise lounge? (laughs) She woke up to fingernails scratching on the arm of the chair. She woke up and saw a woman in white looking at her. Mm -mm. The woman then slowly walked down the hallway and disappeared. Mm -mm. For as long as we lived there, I felt strange about that house as if somebody was always watching. The lady never bothered us or was seen again. However, the people who lived there after us have told stories that there was a ghost that would not leave them alone. I found out this story years later and that creepy feeling now makes sense. Thanks for the awesome podcast. Stay sexy, don't get murdered, Brittany. What a bummer to move into a place 
and just be like, you can't even yell at your neighbors for having fucking, you know, whatever TV show they're watching on too loud. The Americans. Like, can you please turn that lower? <laughs> please. Or like fucking, what is it? Lord of the, what's the one? Yeah, the Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Yeah. Turn that lower. And then it's like, <laughs> stop haunting me. You can't do that. I know. In, in all those like ghost uh, haunting stories that I love that are on TV, it's the people move into a house that they just like spent all their money. To, right. And then they're stuck in the haunt, this house where crazy shit's happening. But they're all like, no, we have to be in denial yeah. because we don't have the money to leave. Do you remember a couple of years ago? There was that story about a family who moved into some house. It might have been upstate New York or something. I don't fucking know <laughs> the details. And they started receiving letters from someone threatening them, threatening their children by name and saying specifically things about their children and their family that they did, like their routine. They knew everything about them. What? And they were sending them these threatening letters like, move the fuck out or I will kill you all. And they moved the fuck out. <gasps> they didn't find out who it was? No. I mean, maybe they have at this point. Someone let us know. But like, oh, it, my God, it was the, I was just like, I'd rather have a ghost. hundred percent. Yes. It was just some creepazoid who like probably grew up there or whatever. Or lived in the walls. Or just some fucking neighbor who was like, God, they listen to the Americans so loud. Yeah, exactly. That's that weird thing of like if some crazy person that lives near you and there's the slightest, you know, they're like, we brought you a pie. And you're mm. like, I'm sorry, I don't eat pie. And yeah. then, then the letter writing campaign starts. <laughs> Luckily, the murderina who lives two doors down is really fucking cool. <laughs> <laughs> and she has the cutest dog I've ever seen in my life. Oh, good. Thank yeah, God. Thank God. That's very lucky. Because if she had just been cool, it would have been fine. But one thing, but the dog is cute. So that's cool. So okay, bonus. Oh, it's my turn. Ready for a sappy ghost story, Karen? Yes. Because this is called, hey, y'all, how about a sappy ghost story? <laughs> I was born into a family of funeral directors who operate three funeral homes in rural Tennessee, fuck yes so death has always been part of my life we had at least three christmases and my eighth birthday party at the funeral home because they were too busy to leave <laughs> <laughs> my dad and brother have talked about times they felt a spirit with them um, or was in the funeral home but i never experienced it myself until 2007 in early 2007 my grandpa and my yorkie dog passed away Aww. that august i moved to knoxville for college and was having a rough time emotionally losing my grandpa and dog moving away starting college clusterfuck of emotions my then boyfriend let's call him jack lived in an off-campus apartment and his sister lived nearby with her little dog peyton mm. one day i was napping in jack's room while he was in the shower i was so tired and in that half sleep half awake state I was laying on my left side with my back to the door and I felt a little dog jump on the bed. I figured his sister had stopped by with Peyton. The dog walked around on the bed, put its paws on my right side just for a bit, then lay down at the foot of the bed. Seconds later, I felt someone sit down on the other side of the bed. Figuring it was Jack out of a shower, I didn't even bother opening my eyes or rolling over. He patted my right shoulder twice, just gave it just a, a slight squeeze, and then the weight of him and the dog on the bed was gone. A few minutes later, Jack came in and woke me up. I asked him why his sister had left Peyton here, and he said no one had been in the apartment and the dog wasn't there. <laughs> I didn't believe him, so I got up and went to the living room. No dog, and the inside deadbolt chain lock was, was still locked. Uh, so no one had been in the apartment. Walking back to the bedroom, I smelled 
juicy fruit gum. Jack didn't chew that gum, and neither did I, but my grandpa had. He had kept an open pack in his overalls, so you always smelled it when he was around. After realizing this, I immediately started sobbing. I knew it had to have been my grandpa with my dog, letting me know they were okay, and I would be too. Thanks so much for this amazing podcast, and I can't wait to see you all in Nashville. SSDGM, Megan. Oh my god, I love... (laughs) We're all so fragile. Do you ever get... when, When we're away in hotels and stuff and you're like falling asleep at night do you feel your dogs jump on the bed i feel my cats jump on the bed all the fucking time do you that's hilarious it's just like the uh, phantom phantom buzz and you're like yes phone ring yeah yeah uh i don't get that but i miss it i do too because frank my dog frank the second i get home and like lay down to watch tv or like whatever he comes up and either slides all the way up and lays in front of me or goes into the the bend of my legs and lays there he is like has to be directly pressed up against me baby it's the cutest and george goes into a little weird circle like far away and then goes <laughs> and she's all mad she's mad that i left she's mad i came back she's just always mad at me Aww. um okay <laughs> she's mad that you came back. <sighs> you're here um so this is from um a reddit thread i found out about this um because a reddit thread um got posted on twitter and um so a bunch of murderinos let us know mm-hmm. that this person was writing in and they were trying to um get heard but of course our gmail is uh chock full <laughs> and no one had read this email yeah. so we got the heads up and we went in and found it and actually i began to email with this person and had a good conversation with them and So they sent this email. And before I get started, I just want to give a trigger warning. This is a very um, intense letter. Um, So people, uh, if you're sensitive to uh, sexual assault stories, you're not going to want to listen to this. A few months ago, a co-worker turned me towards the MFM podcast because a story was told about me. Spoiler alert, I wasn't murdered. For reference, it was episode 92 in October of 2017. I actually wrote to you once before and indicated that I didn't want anything more published, that I just wanted to set the record straight. But I've had a few months to sit on this and some time to bounce it off my therapist. And I've decided that I do want to tell my story. It was so crazy to hear my worst nightmare told on a podcast. It felt like a violation. So much of this has felt like something that happened to me. And I want to control this part of the narrative. I want my real story told by me with my consent. On January 8th, 2017, I was working as a medical legal death investigator and forensic autopsy tech. I was working a swing shift alone. The building we were in at the time was old and decrepit. The building was not connected to any hospital, though it did house the county morgue. The upstairs part of the building was primarily offices and the basement was the autopsy suite and body cooler. That night, the region was experiencing widespread flooding due to rain melting the snowpack. Law enforcement resources were stretched thin, and the old building was leaking and threatening to flood. The county had made press releases that county facilities would be closed the next day. In addition to scene investigations, part of my duties were to process cases for autopsy the next morning. Traditionally, I would do all of my writing and follow up from my cubicle upstairs and save the hands-on processing until the very end of my shift. I would rather process three bodies in a row all at once 
versus go downstairs three times during my shift. Even after years of working with the deceased, the downstairs creeped me out. While I was upstairs writing a report, my computer keyboard malfunctioned. I spent some time fiddling with it, but ultimately decided to go downstairs to an abandoned office turned storage room to get a replacement. Normally, I wouldn't have gone downstairs for another 45 minutes or so, but I couldn't finish my report without a keyboard. I was in the office storage room with my back to the door. When I turned around, there was a man leaning on the doorframe. He was wearing a scary clown mask. He was calm and cocky, and he told me, you're early. He knew my routine. I was kind of frozen for a second. He rushed toward me, and I swung the keyboard at him like a baseball bat. To this day, I can see some of the keys flying off in slow motion. He pushed me against a bookcase hard. My vision went white. I think my bell got rung pretty good because there's a couple seconds I can't account for. He had my right hand pinned up near my head. He grabbed at my skirt and ripped it. I thought he was trying to pull off my lanyard that had a key card and physical keys to the building. I tried to hit him, but I couldn't get any leverage. He was so close to me. Nothing I did got any response until I tried to pull the mask off. That's when he pulled the knife. He rubbed the knife over my face. He cut my cheek and showed me my blood on the blade. He called me a whore. He told me to undress, and when I refused, he put the knife under my collarbone right at the subclavian artery and told me he would paint the walls red. He raped me. When I yelled and begged him to stop, he laughed and asked who was supposed to hear me scream. He stopped and told me to get on my knees. For the first time, he didn't have the knife to my chest or throat. I didn't think about it. I grabbed the knife by the blade and ran. Running up the stairs, I kept feeling something weird on the handrail. It turns out it wasn't the handrail that was weird, it was my hand. I started to run outside, but realized I didn't know where he was. Our old building was like a maze. I started to go to my desk, but stopped and hid under another investigator's desk. I couldn't find my cell phone, and I called 911 from the desk phone. It took a couple of tries, having to remember to dial 99 before dialing out. I vividly remember hiding under the desk, trying to whisper to the dispatcher and watching the blood run down my fingers and pool on the ground. Our building was supposed to be secure and the responding police officers had no way to gain entry. I had to leave the desk and walk through two doors and a hallway to let them in. The whole time I was expecting him to pop out, but he didn't. It took law enforcement a while to clear the building. They didn't have keys, were unfamiliar with the maze-like layout and had to search every body bag. The man in the clown mask wasn't found. I was released from the ER several hours later. My supervisor drove me home, but we first had to go back to the building to collect my wallet and keys. It was dreamlike. Seeing the red and blue lights illuminate the area. Officers and deputies patrolling in pairs in the pouring rain reminded me of a scene from a movie. After the scene was processed, my coworkers cleaned my blood from the office, stairs, desk, doors, and wall. An email went out to the majority of the staff telling them not to report until 0800 hours. When my coworkers, who are also my partners and best friends, went downstairs to prepare everything for autopsy, they found evidence that he had been waiting for me in the autopsy suite. Mm. Arranged on the back of an evidence cart next to an exam table were long strips of red duct tape. Two long pieces, two shorter pieces. The red duct tape was dog-eared, which is never done with evidence. 
as it was described to me, they were ready for someone at the floor level to be able to easily grab, ready to go. Mm. If I had been going down to process bodies in my usual routine, I would have walked backwards, pulling a gurney to that exact spot. No arrest has ever been made. The only DNA that was recovered from my clothing wound up belonging to my infant son from where I had held him before going to work. The investigation of my case was transferred from one jurisdiction to another as the attack happened in a county building. This resulted in twice as many law enforcement officers being involved in various ways. The detectives investigating my case forgot to flag it as confidential, resulting in an unknown number of deputies reading details of my case. One deputy shared details of my case on a hookup app. <sighs> one high-ranking officer... One high-ranking officer shared the details with their family, and that is how it came to you in the first place. That night turned my world upside down. I moved, changed cars, my kids changed schools, and I ultimately resigned. The new facility that we moved into a month later is state-of-the-art with cameras, alarms, and ballistics glass, but I was never again comfortable being alone in the morgue at night. I will always have to live with the knowledge that someone very smart, collected, and comfortable in a morgue is still out there. We know that he had been in the building at least twice before and likely once after. I don't know what exactly he had planned, but I'm thankful for a random faulty keyboard spacebar. I'm okay. It took a while of not being okay to be where I am now. I wanted to write to you because I think sometimes the person part of your stories gets overlooked. I found and reached out to the person who initially shared my story, but I think I freaked them out. Perhaps they were concerned that I was the perpetrator. Oops. If you have any questions about details or you need clarification, I'm happy to unscramble this. Thank you for your time. So. Wow. So we told a story that was um, third hand and not the person's story to tell. I don't think that the person who wrote in had malicious intent, but I think this is a very good lesson for all of us. Yeah. Um, when we think about, uh, what we're doing and how we're talking and who we're talking about. So our apologies to you. Um, who had to hear her story on a podcast. That's the last thing that we want to happen. And that's, you know, that's just, that's not what we're trying to do. And it's not what it's about. And we should have thought it through. And we're going to try our best um, to keep aware of this and to keep you in mind so that we avoid mistakes like this in the future. And so George and I have decided um, that we're going to donate $10,000 to the Rape, Abuse and Incest National Network, RAIN. And we thank you for your understanding and for writing in and communicating with me and letting us retell your story the way you wanted it told. Hey, Karen, you know that feeling when you're stressed out and your heart starts to pound and your mind is racing? I do. I know it well. Well, while there's no cure for stress, therapy can help shape your response to it. And since May is Mental Health Awareness Month, there's no better time to try Talkspace. When you sign up for Talkspace, you'll receive a personalized match with a therapist or psychologist, typically within 48 hours. Forbes rates Talkspace as the number one online therapy platform, plus their licensed professionals are in network with almost all major insurance companies. Once you meet your therapy goals, or if you want to cancel for any reason, Talkspace will provide you with a prorated refund for unused time. 
I feel like these days people understand the importance of therapy, but the difficult part is just taking that first step. It took me months to make my first therapy appointment. I was so scared. I had a lot of ideas in my head about it. And that's why I think Talkspace is such a good idea because making it so approachable will just get you there sooner. Then you can actually get in there, figure out what you need, talk to an actual professional and be on your way to solving some stuff that you might want to solve. To celebrate Mental Health Awareness Month and the power of talking it out in therapy, Talkspace is offering our listeners $80 off your first month with promo code SPACE80. Go to Talkspace.com slash MFM and use promo code SPACE80. To match with a licensed therapist today, go to Talkspace.com slash MFM and enter promo code SPACE80 and get $80 off your first month and show your support for our show. That's Talkspace.com slash MFM. Enter promo code SPACE80. Goodbye. There's something about the sound of an old-timey cash register that really takes me back. I know. It sounds like someone is about to hand me an ice cream cone, but it also sounds like we just sold some merch. That's right. And if you're a Shopify user like us, you know that this sound means you just made a sale. Shopify has helped millions of businesses sell their products online, but did you know they also offer the same support for brick and mortar stores? From accepting payments to managing inventory, they have everything you need to sell in person. So give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify POS tracks sales across all your locations. That way you'll always know what you have in stock and where. They also provide reliable tech that fits your unique retail needs, like turning a tablet into a credit card reader. And if you're looking to reach new customers, check out Shopify's marketing tools. They're easy to use and they integrate with all social media platforms. With Shopify, we have a powerful partner for managing our sales. And if you're a business owner, you can too. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period today at shopify.com murder. And here's the important note, that promo code is all lowercase. So go to shopify.com slash murder and take your retail business to the next level. That's shopify.com slash murder. Again, don't forget the code is all lowercase. Goodbye. This is called Stabbed by a Ghost by Lacey. Whoa. Dear Karen, Georgia, Stephen, and respective pets. I'm a longtime listener, first time caller, as all of my hometown murders have been covered by y'all already. But I saw Stephen, she probably lives somewhere fucked up. But I saw Stephen was looking for some spooky, ooky, kooky. Oh, honey. <laughs> Halloween. This chick's a mom. Experiences for a Minnesota hat. I throw my hat in the ring. Oh, I, sweetie. I was taking a sip I know. Diet Coke when she spits spooky, ooky, kooky. That almost came out my nose. I saw. Oh. oh, but then she goes on to say, no, it makes it better. This summer, I was stabbed by a fucking ghost. What? I know how ridiculous that sounds, but hear me out. I worked for my family's bed and breakfast this summer. My family had been divided on whether the house was haunted or not, and until I started working there, I was firmly in the not haunted camp. I had stayed there as a guest from time to time, but I had never spent more than a few days in the house. Once I started working there, I experienced little things that I would chalk up to natural phenomena, like my bedroom door swinging open or shut all or all the window blinds flying up mid piss. <laughs> mid piss. <laughs> That's terrifying. Can you imagine? You're just psh, and that's <laughs> horrible. And you have to finish pain. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's horrifying. That's a funny ghost though. Yeah. That's kind of good. Um, something something mid piss. Okay. Being a skeptic, I totally wrote all of this off until I was the only one on duty one night, which you can't write it off because then they're going to be like, oh yeah? Well, let me, let me really show you. Yeah. 
I was working on preparing some banana bread and a savory bread pudding for the next morning's breakfast. Okay. Yeah. I had placed the bread in the oven, assembled the pudding to soak overnight, and had thoroughly cleaned the kitchen. I went to the back laundry room to work on turning a few loads of laundry while the bread baked in the oven. About 30 minutes into baking, I went to the kitchen to check on the bread. I went to slip my hands into the oven mitt and was promptly greeted by a fucking paring knife stabbing me in between my ring finger and middle finger. Whoa. I removed the knife and found the first aid kit. I went to go curse out my mother for leaving a knife in the oven mitt when my blood ran cold and I remembered that I was the only one in the house. Being a skeptic I used to be, I tried to find rational explanation for why a paring knife would be blade up inside an oven mitt. And then it says, hint, there's no rational explanation. Um, it was not a knife I had used in the breakfast prep and there, and it was usually kept in a drawer along with the other paring knives. I racked my brain for hours trying to wonder if I had truly put the knife in the mitt in some sort of, I'll remember why this is here later scenario. <laughs> but then I finally came to the conclusion that the ghost was real and probably mad at me for, me for taking, for talking shit about him all summer. <laughs> I apologized out loud to the ghost and went to the doctor once someone else came home. Now I've just got a fun little scar to remind me of why ghosts are real and you shouldn't call them imaginary SOBs. Lots of love, Lacey. I mean, oh, then she said, I withheld the name of the B&B because I didn't want you to say it on air. But if you're curious, I will write back. Would love to have you guys come visit. It's got lots of lots of ghosts and antique furniture. Oh, wow. We're there. <laughs> That's everything I need. Yeah, because I was thinking I was thinking, oh, well, if you keep obviously if you keep your oven mitt in the same drawer as those knives. Right. But, but yeah, were, she wouldn't be scared if that were the truth. Right. She'd be like she would have already checked. And, and also just, you would feel it. Right. Yeah. She just used the oven mitt. They were out, it sounds like. Man, when a fucking ghost cuts you, move. Leave. It's so crazy when ghosts can move shit around. Which is why I don't think it's real. I mean, look. Listen. Are Do you ready? think... Okay, go ahead. What? Like, I think ghosts don't haunt me because I'm like, oh, cool. <laughs> I'd be yeah. like, great. That's look, funny. Like, yeah, I don't... I wonder. I wonder if it is locational situational or like about the people i just don't think it's what we think it is enough that any of that would be true or matter yeah like i just don't think it's a old a person who's dead being like Ugh. <laughs> i'm gonna make this girl freak out when she's peeing you know what i mean i'm gonna stab her in between her fingers right okay um but then that I think that's also having been a person who has a ghost story, the frustration where you're like, well, I this is the thing that happened. Maybe in and of itself, it isn't insane, or like you yeah. could explain it, but it, it that's not the explanation. And right. I'm telling you because I was there, and 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 it doesn't make you feel any better about no. you experiencing that thing. Yeah, someone being like, yeah, well, that didn't happen. You yeah. know, like people. Anytime I tell my ghost story, they're like, you had sleep paralysis. Yeah. And it's like, no, because I've had sleep paralysis yeah. and I know the difference. I know what that also, feels why like. why do they need to do that? Well, well because I, I do that too. They want to solve it. Yeah. It's I mean, like even they want the other experiences I've actually had, I've been like, well, I had an ima active imagination or whatever the fuck. Where it's yeah. Like, why it's can't I just like, be like, that was fun? Right. Or just, it's uncomfortable to, to leave it with anything's possible yeah. in this weird world. Yeah. Um, is there a man in the crawl space or is it just a ghost? Hi, Georgia, Karen, Stephen, Elvis, Mimi, Dottie, Frank, and George. I will be at your Fort Lauderdale show on the 5th, November 5th. I cannot wait to see you guys. So my ghost story haunting comes from my hometown of Hamilton, New Jersey. Yes, that's the same place of the Megan Conka murder. 
side note, I hope I pronounced her last name right. Side note, I went to the same elementary schools, um, her a few years after this happened. So San, the elementary school, mm-hmm. was very big on stranger danger lessons that they tore that asshole's house down and made it into a park called Megan's Place so the family didn't have to keep being reminded mm-hmm. with that house. Um, and our school used to take us there once a year to remind us of the true dangers of going with people we don't know. And that's the Megan's Law murder where, where Megan's Law came into play yeah or started anyways yeah Yeah. um anyway i was about 10 years old when my dad finally moved us out of an apartment and into a house the family that lived there before us was an older couple who built the house when the wife died of old age um parentheses might i add she died in the house oh good he decided it was time to sell the house and go into a home i remember the first time i walked into this house and the weird feeling i got Mm. i chalked it up to all the old people's furniture being in the house and the wives sewing room being untouched since she had died her sewing room became my bedroom once we moved in no weird things started happening as soon as we moved such as things being misplaced that no one could remember moving weird noises that my dad would explain by saying the house is settling and you're just freaking yourself out (laughs) the house is just screaming and you're just freaking out (laughs) Why don't you like screaming? You're a child. The house is screaming in pain. It's perfectly normal. And you wouldn't know. We've always lived in apartments. That's right. You don't understand that houses have feelings like people (laughs) and skin. Only pain, but still a feeling. (laughs) Okay, so fast forward a year later, um, my first night all alone in the house. Oh, I was using the computer in my dad's room, chatting with friends on AIM. Oh, yay. When I heard footsteps walk by the doorway right under the staircase, I ignored it as I thought it was the, quote, house settling uh-huh. and kept chatting away. Shortly after the first pair of footsteps, I heard multiple pairs of footsteps running paired with giggling. No giggling, please. Home alone giggling. Being the idiot child I was, I decided it was OK for me to go investigate. As soon as my feet hit the floor, all sounds stopped. <gasps> Oh, that's creepy. <laughs> I feared it was my imagination and went back upstairs to carry the on IMing my friends. Um, once I got upstairs, the footsteps and the giggling started again. Oh my God. This time I figured it was my dad playing a prank on me since he did this often. Okay. I ran back downstairs yelling, this isn't funny. I looked out the window and when I saw his truck wasn't there, that's when I really started to panic. Oh my God. Oh my God. I grabbed the landline and ran into my bedroom and locked the door. That's when I heard heavy footsteps banging up the basement steps and the sound of someone banging on the basement (gasps) door. No. My dad kept it locked since he was convinced someone was going to break in through the basement. Yeah, they are. I climbed under my bed and started calling my sisters for them to come get me. As soon as there was a break in the banging, I bolted out of my house and down the street. About five minutes later, my sister's boyfriend picked me up and he had me wait in the car as he checked the house to make sure no one was in there. No one was. He decided to take me home with him until my dad was able to come and get me. I don't like that either. (laughs) Since that day, my dad made a joke about having a man living in the crawl space in his room. Anything, anytime anything weird happens, the man in the crawl space is at fault for it. Like when my dad eats all the ice cream sandwiches and doesn't remember doing it. Thank you for reading my haunting slash ghost story, Allison. Oh, that was. That's so, so scary. Giggling. Yeah. Nobody wants giggling. You don't like, you don't think about it until like being by yourself and hearing giggling. Did I ever tell you that time that I was by myself in my house? This was before I got George. So I didn't have dogs. Okay. And I was sitting there trying to, I was trying to finish some writing. And so it was dead silent. 
in the house and had been for like an hour straight. Yeah. And I heard directly next to my ear a zipper zipped up. What? And I fucking, oh no, sorry. I had gotten George because I grabbed her leash and was like, come with me. And we just Goodbye. walked out the door. <laughs> I went to the dog park and then I called my friend Rob because I was just like, this is, you're the only person I can tell this to. It sounds so weird, but I a just zipper. heard something. It was just, it wasn't in the distance. Yeah. It was like someone zipped their coat next to me. That's so creepy. And it was very clear. It wasn't like, oh, this, the, yeah. it sounded like a zipper. It was a zipper Zip. zipping. <laughs> like a one of the plastic zippers on a 70s ski jacket. Yeah. Like that really You know, specific. like how serial killers wear? <laughs> yes. Like Ed Kemper. Oh my God. You know fucking Ted Bundy had some sweet ass fucking 70s jacket. He probably on his 70s ski jacket left the ski lift tab. That was what to do. Cause you'd be like, yeah, yeah I went ski over the winter break yeah i was up at snowbird how much money would one of those tags that says ted bundy's name on it go for oh i would say in the five hundred thousand dollar uh -huh. range in this day and age mm. Mm. these people who love serial killers so these much weirdos oh my god these people love what kind of monsters okay <laughs> uh, <laughs> let's see okay yeah, there's something about being home alone, and I don't know how you oh. do that. Like, I don't like having a house where there's multiple rooms. Like, I have to turn all the lights on when I'm alone. Yeah, but I swear it, the dogs solve solve everything because they hear everything. George hears everything. Yeah, she knows. She knows when people are walking up, like up the street from half a block yeah. away, and starts barking. So that's like. If anything, if anything, yeah. it's just like a nice a warning call. You're fucking safe. Any zipper people come in, George is gonna yeah go in to regulate. <laughs> um, she didn't on that one though. She was all yeah. like, "What? what? Are, we're leaving? I'm supposed to be scared of this? You do this all the time." <laughs> okay, okay. Here we go. Grandpa's haunting me, and that's okay. <laughs> Hi, Karen, Georgia, Stephen, cats and dogs. I've been listening to MFM for a while now. It's brought a change to my life I could have never expected. Hmm. Thanks for helping my socially awkward self make new friends and gain some confidence in myself. Aww, yay, yay That's what we're talking uh, about. Yeah, Brittany. Hell yeah. Okay. All right. When I was three years old, my grandpa died. He'd been in an accident at work and lived in a veg vegetative state for quite some time. Oh, no. When I was born, that's where he was. Oh, God, that family. That's tough. It was an incredibly tough time for my family, but most of us made it out okay. A couple of years later, I was at my grandma's house, a split level with the rec room downstairs and the kitchen right above it. While my grandma was in the kitchen, she could hear me carrying on a conversation through the vents. Oh, I love this. I know. When I came up for a snack, she asked me what I was doing down there talking to the man i replied my grandma asked me to describe what he looked like but may have regretted that decision as i described my deceased grandfather to a t Ugh. i of course thought nothing of it and went about my child business <laughs> <laughs> with your child briefcase yes i have no memory of this but i also don't have memories from before first grade fair enough a few yeah. things happened as i was growing up but nothing too notable a couple of things moved or fell but it wasn't anything i was afraid of fast forward to having my first live-in boyfriend he would wake up with scratches every now and then and <gasps> made me nervous I remember my aunt having a picture of her and her prom date on her dresser and his face was scratched out on the glass and on the picture whoa it was weird one morning, I remember waking up to just one of my hanging plants swaying, but not the other. Oh, oh. I hate that. <laughs> That's the worst. Oh, don't worry about it. That's just a wind in here. Oh, shit. It's not. <laughs> 
there was an air circulation there as the window was closed and the heater was off, so it didn't make any sense. So I decided to try to make some contact. I grabbed a voice recorder and started asking questions. Okay, wait, here we go. Though these though these questions, I through these questions, I learned it was my grandpa, and he didn't like my boyfriend. <laughs> he was right. We aren't together anymore. Uh, and that was it. Those were the only two questions that were answered. <laughs> Holy shit. I felt less scared afterwards, and I didn't have anything of note. And I didn't have anything of note after, happen after that. I do remember the night I went to, into labor with my child. I felt an overwhelming sense of love and protection. I hadn't even gone into labor, but I felt like he was there, and he knew. Um, a couple of small things have happened since then, but they're not as exciting, but that's my ghost story. And I'm happy I was able to share with everyone. Thank you for all you do. And you don't have to fuck politeness. If the ghost is your grandpa who really just wants love SSDGM, Brittany. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love that He like physically scratched up her boyfriend yeah. and the aunt's photo. It's almost like, um, I can't really tell you anything. I can't. If I tell you I don't like your boyfriend, you're just going to love him more because right. that's how it always works. Right. But instead, I'm going to like horror movie creep you out <laughs> about your boyfriend. I'm going to make the boyfriend break up with you yes. by scaring the ever loving shit out of him. Oh, that's so good. That's great. Okay. Give me a sign, Grandpa, and just scratches up the face of it's your... It's just like crazy white eyes yeah. and it's child. What and... if he's like, I don't like your dog? Yeah. scratches up your grandpa you don't get to choose my life <laughs> grandpa you have all the you're so finicky <laughs> okay ghost and scary human in silver lake cafe theater dear team hard kill and precious sweet kind gentle steven steven oh, stop is that why you writing it? these this is ridiculous steven um I want to first let Karen know that I am from Sacramento and I love every time she shits on Sacramento because it truly is the armpit of California and Bakersfield is the butthole. <laughs> Come on, Gross. everybody. Um, there was someone that just wrote, on Twitter, they wrote something like, why won't you come to Sacramento? It's like, I have explicitly stated how I feel about Let's Sacramento. Us going to Orange County, and despite me having fucking panic attacks there, was an act of God. Yeah. And then and then having that amazing show oh, that my was God. the best that show. Anaheim show was incredible. Oh, it was so fun. Okay, let's go. Anyhow. Yes. So we're not going to Sacramento. Anyways, anyway, buttholes. We absolutely should. I know. We, t- we are um, definitely going to Sacramento. We should play the fairgrounds. <laughs> Ooh, that would be so cool. Dude, like the state fair. Yeah. Or we could do a live show in the How About Arden Shopping Center and just like clear some parked cars. I don't know what that is. I want to do, do it. the state fair. I want to I want to be between the pie eating contest <laughs> and my favorite murder live and then like the pig eating contest no i don't know is there a there's definitely a pig eating contest it's like if you can eat a live pig you win a ribbon right yeah your weight in pig (laughs) (laughs) you win your weight in pig if you can eat your weight in pig and then it's like well i don't really want that anymore (laughs) oh wait this is my favorite thing georgia texted me at like four in the morning (laughs) you up (laughs) because <laughs> you texted me I woke up at four of course and I looked at my phone and you were, you just texted the coffee was a mistake yes <laughs> at like midnight and then I was like you know what last time I told you I was up all night you were like text me I'm up yes so I texted you at four yeah am I think I woke up like a half an hour later and it was so exciting because I just am it there's you're never lonelier than when you're up in oh, the middle of the night by yourself my god and it was like I had a message waiting where you're like hey you up what's going on but the pig thing what I was I said I'm just laying here listening to the pig people yes book 
which everyone needs to fucking download immediately because I fall asleep to it at night, even though it's like the best book ever. What's the title? It's called No Stone Unturned. It's about Necrosearch. I think I talked about it way in the beginning of the podcast, but it's Necrosearch, who is that really awesome um, organization that finds clandestine graves. There's all these different kinds of people in it who are sciencey and otherwise. And they're called the experts and they're called the pig people because they started burying pigs to see how decomposition worked and how it made graves look and how you could see how long a a body was buried based on the foliage and based on the bugs and decomposition. So I listened to that to fall asleep and I'm like, (laughs) why isn't this working? (laughs) It's so crazy. It's so relaxing. I'm not, (laughs) I'm dreaming of pigs. No stone on Listen to it. It's best. Um, Okay, go. Sorry. No, no, no. Um, okay, so it's Sacramento. Sacramento. Plenty of shitting on Sacramento. <laughs> then, anyways, this is my ghost story. The day after I graduated from college, I moved from Northern California straight to Los Angeles. Scary enough in and of itself. <laughs> um, my boyfriend and I literally walked the graduation stage and a few hours later jumped into our uh, U-Haul truck for the six-hour drive. I love that. I love it. I did that. It took about a couple days. After I graduated and we, my mom and I were like, goodbye, Orange County. Yeah. Forever. There's nothing I love more than if something ended, you just fucking There's get no in the car reason. and go. There's no reason. Don't to hang out and like visit and do and all this. this. It's just kind of like, and on to the next one. Yeah. Life's short. Um, okay. I was starry eyed as I exited on Vine Street oh. and thought how amazing the city looked. It does from that weird little hill. It does. I found a job quickly as a barista in a small theater cafe in hipster Silver Lake. Uh, I thought it was a very cool gig. The customers were semi famous comedians and people I recognized on TV. I mean, there's nothing better. Uh, the cafe also hosted fun improv and comedy shows in their small black box theater. The lyric. It's the lyric. Oh, okay. Yes. I'm like hell bent on guessing what place this is. Yes. It's the lyric. Kurt Braunahler, our friend, used to go in there all the time. The lyric Hyperion? Yes. Yes. It's a great okay. place. Sorry. Um, okay, <laughs> perfect. We figured it out. Uh, the <gasps> afternoons and night shows were fun and lively. However, I felt a sense of dread as all the customers and audience members left one by one <gasps> and an aura of evil lurked in the cafe at night. That place is fucking absolutely haunted. <laughs> really? I know it. I've been in there. I've been in the, the, in the back room. It's terrifying. So, well, she's gonna. Why am I even talking during this? I don't know. I'm no, just you're fine. Adding you... weird shit. No, you're fine. Okay, okay, go. Um, okay. Naively, I accepted to close the cafe by myself every night. Mm-mm. Naively, it's that's one word for it. That meant I. A five foot, 90 pound female Aww. with severe anxiety had to close the cafe at 1130. <laughs> oh, honey. Don't do it. You're like, you know, I need this job. You I know, she said yes, too, because she, then she's like, I don't have to talk to anyone yes. while I close. I'll just sweep. It'll be no Leave big deal. Leave me alone. Well, I was responsible for cleaning and locking up the cafe and theater, which would take about 45 minutes. The cafe was extremely quiet as I mopped the floors, and suddenly I heard a roar of happy cheers, whistles, and laughter that lasted approximately three seconds, coming from the audience of the <gasps> theater room. What? Uh-huh. I dropped the mop and peeked into the control room upstairs to see if there was still a show going on. I looked out of the window from the booth <gasps> no. and saw a dim red light emitting from the back from the small black box theater and a lone chair in the middle of the stage. No! I felt like a sinister being was watching up at me. Wait! 
from no. from down on the stage and it quickly locked up without cleaning the rest of the cafe. <laughs> a few days later, my coworker who had the morning shift texted me and confronted me that I uh. should put the pepper shakers away properly and that I and that I shouldn't put them on the floor again. Oh my god. He, then he sent me a picture of the three pepper shakers lined up neatly on the floor in the middle of the cafe. That was impossible since I would never have moved those items <laughs> yeah. on the floor. That's just weird. I thought he was pranking me. One time I had to cover the same coworker's morning shift, even though I was scheduled to close that previous night. As I was closing for the night, I made sure the, the salt and pepper shakers <laughs> were in the same exact spot on the kitchen table. The next day, I opened the cafe at no. 6 a.m. and the pepper shakers were moved neatly aligned on the floor again. <gasps> Um, in the front of the cafe, even though I had made sure to place them properly the night before. It freaked me out so much that I just sat on the outside patio uh -huh. at, uh, waiting for the... Um waiting for the morning rush customers to come in <laughs> last and scariest event that led me to quitting the job happened when i was closing the cafe again i had taken the trash out by using the back entrance but had not locked up the locked locked up the door since it was one of the last things to do when closing i continued to clean and count the till when i looked up and saw a skinny and tall homeless man press his face into the glass of the entrance door his eyes were round and dark oh. and his squished face on the glass had this obtuse and evil smile he then darted away as i remembered no. i didn't lock the back door no. i quickly rushed to close the back gate and saw a tall dark figure rushing towards me no. through the gate screen i then slammed the door and locked it because of the front of the cafe had these huge glass panes as walls i turned off all the lights in the cafe so that he could not see me and quickly hid in the corner of the store. This was already scary enough as I knew ghosts were probably haunting the theater too. Oh, no. I called my boyfriend to come pick me up a 30-minute drive. No. And I quit the job. <laughs> Holy shit. Fuck. It's been three years since I moved and I have a better job. I now have a higher standards when finding jobs in Los Angeles. One, make sure it has a parking lot. And two, have coworkers close with you. Oh my God. Your tiny murderino, Tracy. Oh my God. I am going into Lyric Hyperion tomorrow and yes. asking for ghost stories yes. immediately. Oh my God. That's, that's so scary. It's so scary. And that idea that you have to race the guy to the back door Dude. is fucked. Remember when you were 20 and you thought you were fucking invincible oh. and like you could close late at night alone and, yeah. and leave the door open and sure. everything would be fine? Well, you're just kind of like, oh, this, this is fine. Yeah, this, living my life. Yeah. Oh my God, Tracy, that was a really good story. Tracy, that was great. I think maybe we should end on that one. Yeah. Steven, these were awesome. Good job, Steven. Those were really fun. Yeah. They were so fun to read. Oh my God. I love getting scared. I'm we need scared. to have like a, a pod, like a side podcast of this. We could just keep doing our hometowns as this for a little while. I know. No. Well, yeah. uh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes, for sure. Maybe. I love them. Listen, here's what we're going to say. Look. Send in your hometowns. Look and listen. <laughs> Send in your hometowns. If you have spooky, scary stuff like that. We want to hear it's it. Okay. I feel like not even just spooky, scary, but like thrilling, weird shit. Yes. You know what I mean? Like racing a guy to the door is great. That's great. Uh, I mean, near misses. Come on. Great. And also the thing of um, like, and then after that, she knew 
like, yeah, you have to, you can't just let somebody schedule you because they're cheap at the right. place and they only want to pay one person. Yeah. Like, no, dude, it's two people or like, I can't close at night. The salt and pepper shaker thing is the scariest thing to me. That's nuts. Cause like if he hadn't said anything to her about it, she wouldn't have known that was going on. That's so scary. It's when so shit's scary. like in a weird position and moved and like not supposed to be where it is. And it's just like inconspicuously placed. That's fucking terrifying. It's so scary. Um, well, that was thrilling and scary and exciting. Yeah. Happy Halloween, everybody. Yeah. Safe and sane. Do you know Vince <laughs> and I are going to be, um, Simon and Garfunkel? Yeah, well, you told me that, but then I thought you had a different one. No, we're going to be Simon and Garfunkel. I love that. <laughs> From that seventies one, <laughs> it's so good. Um, yeah, thanks for thanks, guys. We you guys are the best. You guys, yes, thank so you. fun. And yeah. thank you for everybody who sent those scary stories in. And I mean, there's a lot of writing taking place. Yeah. You guys really you laid it all out for us. So yeah. thank you so much. Thank you, and stay sexy. And don't get murdered. Bye, Bye. Elvis. Do you want a cookie, Elvis? Elvis, Daddy, Daddy. Oh, there hasn't been any cats in the hand in 25 years. <laughs> <laughs>